to this week's episode of River City 93. I'm your host as always, Elliot Barr, and joining me is a guy that is here to me trying to figure out why Chattanooga is a house of horrors for us, is Mr. Matt Myers. How are you doing, sir? Doing all right. I mean, hey, look, it's preseason time right now. You know, we got you know the college season getting ready to go, sport, sporting for my boys, you know, right here. Let's oh, yeah, hype. the Big Ten East to West Conference. Now we're single table in soccer. <laughs> oh man! Oh. Everybody loves preseason. Preseason when there's hope. Yeah, we had a lot of that at the start of this year. We had hope. We had optimism. We had a and lot of then, that. We had a lot of that at the midway point. Yeah, we did, and now we don't have it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. We all know what it was, 3-2 against Chattanooga, and we were all saying before last week um, that if Richmond wanted to keep their playoff chance, I mean, obviously they're still in the playoff race. They're not eliminated or anything like that. But if they wanted to make those chances stronger, you got to beat Chattanooga. It was significant to beat Chattanooga in Chattanooga because, one, this team has not done it at all uh, since USL League 1 going into this game. They were 0-1-4. against Chattanooga in Chattanooga. This is a team that has historically uh, been the thorn in our side. 2021 kind of ended our title reign of getting to the playoffs in. 2022, uh, we all know what happened with Rafa and whatnot. And going into this year, we thought we had a good chance. We thought, you know, two wins against Chattanooga, both clean sheets. Um, Thought there was a chance for us to get the sweep. Get some positive momentum, definitely up for coming up for last week. And all of that just went. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not great. Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, I think realistically, you know, a few weeks ago, everybody started to realize that, all right, this is going to be an uphill battle to begin with. Uh, but the thought was, all right, we got two against Fuego. We got. At that time, two against Lexington. We got Chattanooga out there. They've been donating. Those three teams have been mostly donating points to the rest of the league, you know, all year. Yeah. Got to clean up on those, and then hope you can, you know, take a few others somewhere along the way. And uh, both, you know, they were in a great position. You had to be able to lock it down against Lexington. Didn't get it done. In a great position to be able to lock it down against Chattanooga. Here, did even worse with that one. Uh, you know, and yeah, you know, I think, yeah, you know, I think most people are hitting uh, the acceptance stage at this point that, uh, you know, come October 14th, that's going to be the last time we see this version of this team. Yeah, it, it does. It does kind of feel that way. It kind of feels as if like, all right, like it kind of, kind of just felt like our playoff chances kind of just went out the window with that, uh, 
that shot that went in at the what seventy eighth minute or something like that. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's, it just kind of feels as if we're at that inflection point of is it kind of just like our setups? I mean, obviously the team is going to try to compete in every game going forward, but as us as fans, that we're kind of at that point, like, all right, let's see what else we got on the roster. Like, see where O'Dwyer got, see what this young boy Landon Johnson got, see what Sarakowski can do in his in the Zaka role, whatever you know, or see what Punk was. I have no interest in Sarakowski in the Zaka role. <laughs> That'd be a horrible idea. I mean, you know, just trying something different. I mean, Darren has literally tried everything, and nothing seems to be working. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, I think you know, they're going to fight until it's mathematically done. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think, like, you know, this coming week we're going to you know see, you know, an Academy Plus lineup or anything. But I think, you know, as we get to the last you know few games of the season, yeah, you're probably going to see more of the young guys, you know, get run outs. Uh, I think we're being honest with ourselves. We're already starting to see, you know, some of the exiling, you know, happen on you know this roster and I wouldn't be surprised to see you know a few more guys uh you know just become training players. Yeah. Um so I mean we'll talk about the game obviously we got to um and then we'll talk about what we expect to see going forward forward with what nine games left in the season I believe nine games left. Yeah. Um so let's go ahead and start first half it seemed like a very even half um, the stats indicated it was pretty much 50 50 possession. Um, but Richmond got the board early, huh? I think you're missing the big, big story. Of the first half is that we didn't see half of it. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, we didn't. Also, we saw good build up play from Emmy and Bentley. Bentley looked this is probably Bentley's best game this year, yeah. This year, obviously. Um, yeah, this seemed to be his best game. Um, he looked lively out there. Uh, I noticed Chattanooga. I was, I was trying to figure out what Riley position Riley Kraft was playing, because when he played against us in Richmond, the second game that we won, he was playing like a fullback. But in this game, he seemed to be pushed further up. What it seemed to be from Chattanooga is like they were like, all right, we're just gonna go five in the back and hope for the best. But it seemed like Bentley was able to get in between that half space between where Kraft was and the other center back, and kind of get him behind and stretch the field a little bit, something that this team been drastically missing. It's just someone just to push the ball forward, like just go forward, you know? Yeah, I, mean, I think we saw a few different opportunities, you know, come together on that right side. You know, Bentley had, you know, one where you uh, you cut in and tried to curl one with his left foot into the you know near corner. He, he missed. That's not the point. You know, that's something that I don't think we were even seeing him try. I guess yeah. a few weeks ago is not the right terminology because he was on the bench for a while. But earlier in the year, uh, you know, when he was, I think, safely to say in his rut, you know, it was all just, you know, try to power, th- you know, seemingly power through and, all right, well, let me just get the cross off to Emmy. Let me just get the cross off to Emmy. And, uh, you know, it turns out uh, flipping the rolls worked. Yeah, it does seem to work. Emmy, what, gets his first assist of the year and Bentley – his first goal of the year, it felt good. Like, it felt the momentum was good, but it also was that thing of, like, I'm not going to lie, like, the same thing I talked about last on last week's show was um, 
like that five minute clock was going off in my head. Like, all right, can this team defend for five minutes before giving didn't, up a chance? Didn't have to. Halftime you know, saved them. It did. Halftime saved us. And I felt like, you know, going into half, I think if you would have asked any kickers fans of like, all right, what do you want to see in the second half? It's one, be consistent. Two, don't create opportunities for the other team. And then C, get a goal. Like, get a goal so you can feel comfortable. With yeah. It, right. Yeah. Before, you know, hopping all that, you know, I want to you know, be able to, you know, shout the guys out because there's not going to be a lot of that later on. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that goal, this team has developed something good on that right side, you know, where they can be able to, you know, develop that kind of a chance seemingly almost once a game now. So a few different you know, players this time around, instead of, you know, this time it started with Simon on the ball, you know, kind of you know, feeding that ball into the channel. And instead of it being normally Simon, but we've seen, you know, Meacham on that ball. We've seen, you know, a couple other guys on that ball. You're you know, making that run as Emmy you know, drifting out. And then, you know, he's the one making, you know, the you know, slightly you know, diagonal, you know, pass backwards. And Bentley was the one on the end of it. We've seen Emmy on the end of that. We've seen Jow on the end of that. We've seen, uh, different combinations this time is a different group of guys but that seems to other than you know long throw or corner kicks from the actual like you know open run of play that seems to be the bread and butter of what's working this year yeah it's also funny because Masami made that pass um to set up to help set up the goal all I heard was K to my head of like this is what Simon excelled that like that ball on the ground I was like there it is right there <laughs> like I mean, you're right. Like, the right side of this attack has been really good. I'm not going to lie. Like, I didn't – not much was coming from the left. Um, There were still moments where the play kind of stagnated a little bit where I felt like we could have pushed the ball forward, but instead they kind of opted to kind of lay it off or the safer pass. Um, We did a good job of stagnating Tormenta – I mean, not Tormenta, Chattanooga to the point where they didn't even have a shot on goal. Like, Akira was pretty much clean. Um wasn't too much danger or anything in front of his goal or anything. And we were going, we, we were, you know, possessing the ball and balling. Absolutely. Uh, periods. We were slowing the game down when we needed to getting our attackers in dangerous spots. You know, we created a good goal. It felt good. And if you're daring, you know, you're daring Mika and Connor, that's what you want to see, right? Like, you know. Yeah. And, and I think we've said this a number of times, this team has, solid 45 minutes in them. I mean, this is another example of that. You know, we've seen that, you know, in North Carolina, we've seen that in unfortunate home a few times where they can ball out for, you know, 45 minutes and you know, play with anybody in this league. It's putting those two 45s together that, you know, has been the absolute Achilles heel. Yeah. And I, I can't, I can't put my finger on it as to why. Like I, you know, I've, I've seen people say that it's, it's Darren's fault and why this team has uh, fallen down. I've seen people say it's the player's fault. I don't know where to put my finger at exactly of what the mentality shift is, is, is in this team versus last year. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's fair to say, you know, you know, some of the heat goes to everyone involved. Like, I don't think it's just a one you know, person or one small group uh, yeah. you know, situation. Like, you know. You, know, you, you do well together, you fail together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's baffling. Like, it, and I, I'm not smart enough to know 
give some of these answers, but it's like, is what we're doing uh, rolling out like surprising people, but then it's just so simple that at halftime, every other coach can you know, make these adjustments and, you know, just cut us up in the second half. I don't think that's it, you know, but it keep, but it keeps happening. Is like, are, are our guys just, you know, only 60 minutes, you know, fit. And, you know, that includes like mentally fit. I, I don't yeah, know. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. Like it just, cause last year the team was able to snuff out games, right? Like they were able to pretty much, like if it was two nothing, we felt good. Even sometimes if it was one nothing, you know. I remember there was a point last year where we played, I think Sarmenta at home and Sarmenta scored early, and I looked at you there and I looked at you and I was like, "Oh, we're getting back in this game," you know. Yeah, we're worried about it. Yeah, we're not worried about it. Now I'm up to nothing. I'm like, whoo! Like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like, all right, how much time we got left? Can right. we uh, move this time going a little faster? Right, and I'm pretty sure the players feel that feel that same pressure as well because they're kind of looking at themselves of like, yo, we can't create errors for ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't put ourselves in a situation in which a chance is going to happen. That happened in this game. You know, I think the the biggest thing, one of the biggest things that we've talked about, especially with this team, is like the a massive amount of individual mistakes that have led to goals. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, 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 I mean, it reared his ugly head in the second half. I mean, before that, Ryan Sarakowski got his lovely forehead on a header goal up to nothing right around the 48th minute. And even then, mm-hmm. like, I felt good. Like, I felt like, okay, this team is up to nothing. Darren's going to revert back to sh- shutting up shop. Like, I thought he was going to go back to 2021 Richmond where we're going to put – 10 behind the ball or nine behind the ball and just go from there. But it never really felt like that. You know? Yeah. I've, I don't know. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't even know what to say. I mean, other than I think you're probably braver than a lot of people listening to this to think, all right, I'm feeling good at two nil. <laughs> well, I mean, I think naturally any fan would, I mean, especially given how Chattanooga's been like Chattanooga's just coming off of a devastating, what was it? 90th minute goal at four in Madison. I gave the, you know, this team's been in a bad run of form. We've beaten them twice already. You know, like, there's no game to me so far that stands out as a good game for Richmond this year, like in years past. But I think I think it's fair to say Tormento away right after the D.C. game where, you know, yeah, beat them pretty, yeah. three, 3-1 pretty handily. True, very true. But overall, we haven't looked our best against any side outside of Chattanooga. Like, you know – two clean sheets against them already, possibly going for a third. And then, I mean, I was just praising Matt Bentley, but he gives up the ball in a poor spot. You know, he gets caught on the ball, gets it stuck under the feet, leads to um, Minta having a shot from outside of the box. And as much as I love Akira, he looks slow getting down to his box. I don't know if he saw it late or whatnot. He reacted late to it, but... I feel as if Akira from last year saves that. Possible. I mean, oh, fair credit, meant a good hit, good shot. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Right? You know, it's not. You know, it's not like it was one where you look at him like oh, Akira. Like it's one where you, you think like, all right, may, maybe he could have gotten it, but I don't put that on on Akira. Yeah. No. Um. I mean, it's one of those shots where he's stuck. Like you ever seen that a ball that's hit so well, it just gets stuck in the net. 
Like, it was one of those shots. But still, like, we had multiple players around the ball to kind of snuff it out. Like, last year, I feel like a tactical foul would have happened there. You know, that foul on top of the box that we were complaining about at the start of the year. Yeah. Like, that's the time you use that foul there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. the irony of uh, our own complaints coming back at us right now. but <laughs> Right. The irony of it all, man. It's like, I don't know. It, you can see, like, a lot of players kind of backed off in that moment. Shot right. happens. It's 2-1 then. And, I mean, if you – I mean, we all know how Chattanooga is. Like, especially there in Chattanooga. We – and this team, I think the part that's frustrating to me is this team knows this. Like, they know how Chattanooga is in Chattanooga. They know, like, if any sort of momentum happens at Chattanooga, they're going to just throw reckless abandon at the wind. They're just going to go for it. Yeah, it's not like it's a lot of these guys' first rodeo down there. Most of them, you know, were with the team previous years or they were with other teams in the league previous years and, you know, familiar with, the general play style. I mean, it's, it's a much worse version of Chattanooga this yeah. year than the previous, you know, teams. But you know, the overall kind of mindset doesn't seem to be terribly different. They're just not as good at it. Yeah, no, is you know, and I, I don't want to, don't want to question the mentality of the team. I don't because I know they're they're fighting. And I know they're in a rough form. Like the commentator made it known, <laughs> it's been forty two days since Richmond's last win or a clean sheet, you know, we know that. And it seemed like, you know, in moments like this, when things are going right, when you're winning games, you're able to overcome a moment like this. You're able to override something like this. Like, all right, let's clean it up. Let's get back on the ball, slow this game down. Don't let Chattanooga get momentum. But instead, it's kind of like we went in the opposite. It was like, you know, right after they scored, we created a chance where, it's kind of like that twilight moment where if Bentley scores it, we're 3-1 up, maybe we ride this game out differently, but Bentley misses it from the cross from Sarakowski, and it seemed like Chattanooga was like, all right, we're just going to go, 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 go. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was just like a snuff film of all the past you know, games at Chattanooga melded into one Yeah. yeah after that point. I think the only thing missing was uh, them getting a red card and us giving up a – you know, goal uh, t- against 10 men. But other than that, the greatest hits of how do things go wrong for Richmond and Chattanooga. <laughs> I mean, this is a, this is an area where we have not never won it, you know, like I, I mean, it, goes I, be, it, it goes beyond that though. Like you know, last year down there, we have, we have our best team, you know, in this era go, they up to, to nothing. Also oddly, you know, 42nd or 43rd minute goal. And then like a, 50th minute goal, so almost exact same timing on when we scored, and you know even that team couldn't hold. They lost you know you know two nothing, and one of the goal you know the second goal that Chattanooga scored today was I mean, almost a mirror image of one of their goals from last year. Yeah. You know, uh, team loves you know giving up goals on scrums in the boxes in Chattanooga. Literally every game we played in Chattanooga, every Chattanooga goal has uh you know come from that you know court you know that corner of the field you know that's closed in with you know the fans there every single one has started from that corner <laughs> I don't get it man I don't I don't get it I, you know Chattanooga is just it's a hard it's a horrible place to play because it's so tight it's so tight there and I, I just I don't get it 
Like I, th- I think this is the only place in USL League where Richmond has not won it. Um, I will have to yeah, go back and look. You might be right. Yeah, I think this might be. The, I mean, outside of Lansing, but you know, we only played them one season. I think this might be the only place we have never won it. I, I guess technically Lexington, and we haven't been in Knoxville yet, but yeah. But just I, I don't. And I mean, you got experience on the field. You got Zaki, you got Emmy, you got Dakota, Ani, uh, Akira, Neil, Bentley, guys that have been on this team, played multiple games that knows, like, that know the overall importance of, like, no, we got to slow this game down. Like, that's all Chattanooga's trying to do. Chattanooga's not trying to build up. They're not trying to, you know, ticky talky through the field or anything like that. They're literally just like, yo, we're going to cut through you in the middle of this midfield. And that kind of leads to the same. Like, I, I think all the problems with the team kind of stems from the midfield. You know, like at the beginning of the year, we were praised in the defense right now because they were so strong and whatnot. But we always kind of backed them and said, like, it's only going to hold water for so long. Like, this defense isn't, it is not going to solve everything. Right. And we're seeing that now where, the defense now is kind of more so ISO defending more than what they did before in the past. And I don't know, man. It just seemed like the recurrent issue of the midfield where the first goal and the third goal, the second goal, I'll give them. Like, it's a scrum. It happens. Happens a lot, though. It, it does. You're right. It does. It does happen a lot. But it's one of those goals where you're just like, all right, cool. You talk that up to the game. It is what it is. The first and third goal, literally, the midfield is non-existent. And I know how much we all love Zaka and whatnot, but like these are the moments where you kind of want Zaka to be there just to cut it out. You know, I mean the the first one I can forgive a little bit more because like there's not a reason we should have had big numbers right around the ball there because it's Bentley, you know, coming backwards, you know, with the ball, and I I think trying to get get it to Simon and it just goes, he gets tapped and it goes wrong on that. Yeah, so. I mean, sucks that might happen every you know once in a blue especially at this level you know every now and then and then you know guy takes what two touches hits a great shot all right unfortunate but at least positionally i can understand it the third one you know a you know don't don't know where gordon was you know trying to run to with that ball you know in the first he place so sloppy on the ball he's all or nothing right like, yeah, like there like, was a lot of times he got on the ball in this game, and he was like he would trip over his feet or he would fall, and I'm just like, yeah, Wednesday he was great. Yeah, <laughs> right. Which I mean, kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of why you know, maybe not at the top of Darren's list you know, because <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get, and I think most coaches are risk averse in like the known quantities if they can yeah. help it. Uh, but you know, he's trying to dribble out, you know, of trouble, and you know, just gets absolutely stuffed. And then the ball bounces out, and somehow Chattanooga's got like a four-on-one, you know, in our own half, you know, right around there. I, I assume it was probably Simon was the only guy anywhere near the ball at that point. That's what my question is. I was like, all right, we were already coming out. You have the defense right there. You know, Owen was trying, at least trying to do something to, you know, get the ball out of there. Didn't work. But how does it end up being a 4v1? You know, and it's not like there's 4v1 at midfield. There's 4v1, you know, uh, 
I don't know what the, the zones are or any of that nonsense. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah. it's roughly the same spot where we gave up the first goal. Uh, ultimately, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's the one I'm a lot more willing to have a conversation about. Where was anyone? Yeah, I, that I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, it's kind of just like Gordon got tripped up there, lost the ball. And next thing you know, you you can see like he's setting up to shoot the ball, and our players are just standing there like, "Who's going to close him down?" You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then, I mean, once that went in, I it, yes, I know we scored in the ninety fifth minute on Wednesday. I didn't have any faith that these guys were going to be able to turn it back on and no. get that goal. This team has only scored thirteen goals from open play this year. Like, the chances of us. Ollie, I didn't notice either. We also complained about the set pieces, but I think we lead the league in set pieces. Well, that's what we're saying. Not we. Y'all complained about them. Oh, well, correction. We, I complained about the set pieces and found out that we lead the league in set pieces. Who would have ever thunk it? Uh, <laughs> once again, the things we complain about come back to bite yeah. us in the ass. Uh, that, that, that's the one, one thing that this team has been you know, doing well, whether it's the, you know, Ollie launching his you know, long throws, uh, which – when they work are amazing, maddening every other time. Uh, you know, but you know, corners and you know, even you know, kind of picking up the second ball on corners have been going pretty well a lot of the time. And then obviously, Neil yeah. decided to just rocket one in a few weeks ago. Uh, I, I bring this up again because I'm genuinely like thinking about it. Like, we're talking about it in terms of. Like, what need to change for the team with nine games left to go? And it's kind of just like, if you're doing so well on set pieces, and I know Darren's talked about trying to make the soccer a little bit prettier and having a lot more on the ball, which is great, fine, whatever. But at the end of the day, you want to get the result. And I'm wondering if, is it time for Richmond just to dirty things up? You know, just to be like, all right, you know, I think I said this earlier, but Zaka isn't at the level of what he was at last year. You know, he can't cover all that space by himself anymore. Do you think it's time just for this team to be like, all right, we're going to go hella defensive and just go from there? At this point, no, because while there's still a little bit of a glimmer of hope, got to go all out for it. And I don't think locking it down is going to be the most effective way to do that. Like, it seems counterintuitive, but the team, we need goals. You know, so you got to play with fire a little bit right now because we saw the beginning part of the year, we couldn't score for, for crap. And if we if we were in a position where draws could be okay, yeah, I'd say go for it. But we're we're past those days now. Yeah. It does seem that way. Um. So, yeah, so Richmond goes on loses game 3-2. Um, that definitely puts us ninth in the table. We are 10 points away from the bottom of the table, or Fuego, but we are also 10 points away from second place, which makes little to no sense in this league. Um, so the games Richard got coming up next, if you look at it as this, is you got NCFC at home on Saturday. You go on the road against Lexington on the 26th, and then a short turnaround, we play Fuego. That's 2v2 now. 
All right. There we go. Yeah. Yep. My uh, computer decided to be in the spirit of ESPN and uh, not work. Ah. Now. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. The good old uh, required you know updates that go off without <laughs> you telling anything. So I, I feel like much like uh, ESPN was trying to you know tell us something and look out for us in the good way. Maybe my laptop is doing the same thing and say, you don't want any of this. <laughs> no, not, not at all. I mean, we got three games left in this month. We got NCFC at home, Fuego at home, and then Lexington in between. That sandwich in between that on the road. We've only got one point so far this month out of the two games we played. Do you think there's, any, there's no way this team can go another month without a win? Right. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole. Oh man! I mean, by the time we play on Saturday, it will be forty-nine days. Like, it doesn't have vibes of the seven-game losing streak we had under uh, Bulo back in twenty nineteen, where I don't even think we scored a goal or anything. Like, it was bad. But uh, this, yeah. this is well, here's here's the the bright way to look at this. We're due, we're due to get you know points somewhere, at, you know. Come this coming week because we don't repeat results. So we're guaranteed true. to get a winner or a draw against North Carolina now. Is that how it works? Yeah, that is how it works. We have gone lost, draw, lost, draw, lost, draw, lost. <laughs> that, that's the immaculate thing about it. Um, the team does not repeat results, but at some point, something got to give, man. Something has got to give with these guys, you know, getting. Getting points and having a positive game, you know, something got to give. Um, but Matt, I mean, we've seen the discourse a lot in the in the Red Army chat on Twitter and whatnot after the game, after this result. But what needs to be done to this team to get them prepared and ready for next year, so we don't have a repeat of this next now next season? I think. Realistically, you know, part of the rest of this season is going to be, you know, seeing who can bring what you know, to the table, kind of like what you were talking about a little bit, you know, before. Uh, I mean, seeing who, which guys pack up shop and you know, kind of, you know, turn it in for the rest of the year and, you know, who's still out grinding yeah. for it. I, I think there's a little bit to that. I, I'll be honest, I don't remember off the top of my head who's under contract for next year, but I know it's probably seven or eight of them or at least already. Uh, so how do you, you know, build around that core, you know, really start, you know, and I think Darren, you know, the team are already doing this, but start to identify, you know, what spots do we need new guys coming in? I don't, I mean, I don't think that's the hardest thing in the world to figure out, but, you know, for them figuring out who they are, you know, are they other league one guys? Is it that, you know, they're going to start, you know, working the college networks, you know, now that the college season is, you know, going to go and try to identify some seniors that are, uh, you know, ready to go. Is it that, you know, they you know, start using their you know, international you know, networks and find out, you know, hey, who might be looking to come back home to the States, you know, much like, uh, you know, Stu or Payne or even, you know, you know, Ethan did, you know, found their way here as kind of a career rehab, you know, sort of spot. You know, so, you know, looking for the profiles of guys that they you know, really, you know, want and you know, being able to, fill, you know, fill them in because I, I know the message over this last off season was, "Hey, we're really looking for guys who are bought into the culture and whatnot." And I get that, 
Uh, but I- I'm okay if you know we have mostly culture guys and you know a few guys who are you know here, you know, openly using Richmond as a pit stop and you know showing their skills while they're here. Yeah, I think there's a good way how you can marry both of those two. I think, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I think going back and looking at the offseason, Belmar, um, Belmar, Suko, and Hornsby were the three new additions, right? Is there anyone else I'm forgetting in that? Probably. Uh, I mean, Jow. Yeah, yeah Jow, Uh Anyone else? I think I think that's majority. Yeah, Sarakowski, you can kind of throw in there, but he's more of a midseason acquisition, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, none of those signings are young, outside of Meacham, who I think is twenty-one, maybe. Yeah, yeah he's straight out of college. Yeah, so um, maybe twenty-three. Right, and he's young. You know, he, he can still be mowing and still be some. We've seen flashes of the good things he could do. Um. You know, I think Hornsby's been a key addition. Sarakowski's, you show him what he can, he's done. Uh, really, when you look at it, like, I think the biggest thing is you need to go add some youth. Like, go add some young guys to the team in the attacking spots. And not necessarily just the academy youth either. Like, no shade mentors, you know, our academy guys, you know, right now, but, you know, I think what I when I you know, hear youth is getting those like you know nineteen twenty year olds where uh, they want to play pro they don't want to play you know, college and you know, they're on the up. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. Like you know, we saw it when we bought in Bolaños and Stan and those those guys that were. I mean, those were know, college guys, right? Yeah, twenty twenty one years old, wanted to play pro, but didn't get the opportunity. A break came to Richmond. Granted, it took them a year or two, or like Belayos kept a year and a half to get acclimated, and then went on from there. Um, same thing with Stu. Same thing with Payne. You know, this team just needs to get younger. Right now, the, the overall age of this team is twenty eight. Like the attack is old. It's old. Is probably the oldest part with Ogain, Owain being thirty one, Emmy being thirty, Belmar I believe is thirty two. He's yeah, he's early 30s somewhere around yeah. there. I don't know the exact um midfield is a little bit slightly older. Like I'm not gonna lie. For the longest I thought Jow was 23, 25. <laughs> Sarah is 25. So you still got some upside there, but they're probably more or less at their peak. Yeah, they're probably who they are. Yeah, who they are at this point now. Zaka might be coming out of his peak. He's having a slightly down year. You know, Neil is 27, I believe. And then the other thing, too, like, I, I mean, outside of adding youth in the attack, I would say probably go get a third starting center back. Like, that's when we saw the best out of this defense was there was three center backs that could start whenever for us, right? It wasn't like we had our first two and then there was a gap. The best version of Darren's defense we've seen when you had Jalen, Dakota, and Ani all competing for the spot, so – even if one got out of form, you could throw the other one in there until the third guy got back in form, and then you just go again. You know, right yeah. now we're kind of having to play Dakota and Ani, and even if they get out of bad form, we still got to play them because they're the best two center backs in the roster. Yeah, look, being realistic, part of it is the CBA being out there. You know, we got to pay 
you know, uh, you know, everybody, you know, at a certain level now, you know, yeah. you know, got away with in the past, you know, uh, having guys who wanted the chance were willing to pay, play for peanuts. And you know, I mean, that, that was working for the team and, you know, good for the players. Uh, I've said this before, you know, CBA is great for the players, not necessarily uh, you know, great for the fan side where, you know, we just want to see the best players on the field we can get. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the budget gets a little. Uh, you can't stretch it quite as far anymore. Yeah. So and I mean, you know, what, what we really need is, uh, you know, Rob to get, you know, make some new friends in the off season uh, <laughs> who really like soccer and right. have a lot of money. Get some of those more. Uh, get some of those Davis and our VCU guys in here and have them donate something so we can get more players. Um, but then also, like, you know, you go back and look at the roster construction of this team. And there was – it was a lot of youth coming in. You know, back at Howe, um, obviously, I did Landon Johnson, Octavio, Gabe. Is someone else I'm forgetting? Uh, we had Eli, and then he went Yeah, Eli went to college. Uh, Simmons, who, you know, hasn't uh, you know, been around yet because, you know, he was off, uh, you know, with youth team uh, stuff, you know, to do, but – Maybe maybe we see him soon. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, we haven't. I mean, we've only seen these guys in spot And when we thought Gabe was getting ready, you know, we was like, all right, Gabe might be getting more minutes. We haven't seen him in a significant amount, so it kind of makes you wonder. Like, all right, I mean, I trust these guys with the youth development and whatnot, but you know, what's going on with their minutes? You know, are we not seeing more of them? Is there are they being stunted? Who's to say? You know, because. Octavio signed last year, and I probably think he's played all of. I know he played in the friendly, but we haven't really That's seen it. him. Yeah, we haven't seen him since then, or even touched the eighteen. So it's all right. And yeah, some of the academy signings are fine for that. You know, they can be you know good practice players getting some experience. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean that that's my thing. I think the team. Honestly, one is just become more vertical and get some speed in behind and just get younger for next year. Like, if you can get younger in spots, do that. Try to – me personally, I know Belmar started out the season hot, and I don't know why he's not been in the team for a while, but I'm kind of cool, like, staying away from the 30-plus-year-old player signing. is going to more what has worked for this team and getting those guys straight out of college or looking to come back to the States. Like you said, Matt, we have their careers. Kind of go and get those guys if you can. Yeah. You know, kind of play more the, the lottery tickets, you know, than uh, you know, who might might hit it big or you know, might be absolutely terrible rather than you know, a lot of guys who might have a, a decent floor but maybe not a big ceiling either. Yeah. like You, you can get away with having to, you know, picking up a couple of those in the off season, uh, because there is value in having that you know nice consistent guy that you know you can run out there for whatever. But yeah, you got to go uh, play the Powerball every now and then. Yeah, especially I would, right. I would like to see you go play the Powerball and attack because there's more opportunities for you to chop and change and kind of play around with that. Yeah, screw. But screw in defense, go get the yeah, yeah, go get the solid thing. Like I'm cool with you know with Darren Bond and Kyle Vintner. Or when he brought in Dakota, he went to go got himself a veteran attack, a veteran defender, and kind of solid up the defense, right? And his work is improved. Um, 
is there any spot on the field that you feel as if like you're definitely like all right this this position we're good at like for me it's fullback like I feel like we're we got good depth at fullback I feel good about who we got there I don't think there's any position where you know we're good across the board like you know we're good on you know the starting center forward if Emmy gets hurt what are we doing oh yeah that's true <laughs> right uh like attacking mid I think Neil's still you know good solid above average league one player there yeah don't love the options if he's not available uh I mean you go down uh, goalkeeper I'm okay with where we are with goalkeeper right now like even if next year maybe you know will and Akira flip I, I can I can live with that combo as our goalkeepers. So I mean that is I was gonna ask you about that later, but with nine games left, do you think it's time to just see what Will got for a good stretch? I mean we've seen him in points in this, but mm-hmm. do you think it's time? I'm not opposed to it. Yeah, I, I'm not either. I'm kind of in favor of, of playing Will. Give Will these last nine or so games and see what he got. See if he can be the starter for next year. I don't know how to go like all nine or anything, but I'm fine with him getting, yeah, at least three or four of them. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, see what you got for next year. I mean, he's done well in the games that he's played in so far. Um, Seeing what you got there. I mean, obviously, I I believe Akira's contract is up at the end of this year anyway, so it doesn't hurt to see what you got there and then – if Will if Will does well, well then hey, that's one last position you got to go spend money. And I think like that's the biggest thing like for us like we can we we know this and we keep in mind of like when we're going out possibly talking about what players we want or the kind of profile players we want like every position on the field attracts some kind of dollars to it. Mm-hmm. So if you can save money on going out here and getting a starting goalkeeper and seeing if Will can do that, then hey, that's great, that's fine. You yes, know. especially if you can uh, double up on Akira as coach slash backup. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think that works well for Akira. Like, give Akira what? If next year comes and Will starts, I'm cool with Akira getting five to eight games. Yeah. Be the cup you, goalkeeper and go from there. Yeah. Yeah, if something happens you know, to Will during the season, you know, f- you know, fully trust Akira to be able to you know, hop in just like uh, – you know, Will did when Akira was on paternity leave. <laughs> Do you think Akira becomes the next uh, Ronnie? Just, <laughs> just randomly gets like one star. He is like forty three. I, I don't think he ever played after he officially retired, but he you know showed up on the bench like you know in emergency situations for a few years. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, but yeah. Other than that, I, I don't think you know, we're solid. You know, with depth anywhere on the field right now, like there's guys who can play those positions, but I don't know if we're dead set solid. Yeah, I mean, well, the reason why I said fullback is because Hornsby, Hornsby, Miko, and uh, and Simon, like those three as fullbacks. I'm like, all right, I'm good with that. I can, like, I don't have to go out and spend money on fullbacks next year. I think the thing this team needs to go out here, and when we say spend money, we're talking about like getting guys who can, you know, younger guys, college level, uh, who are looking for opportunities. 
winger and possibly a six or like a ball carrier center mid. Well, I mean, I think probably a couple wingers, but yeah, couple, yeah, a couple wingers. You're right about that. A couple of wingers, a ball carrying six. Would you throw center back in there or could use another one of those? Could use another, uh, you know, kind of box to box midfielder. Yeah. It depends on what, because for me, I see Jow being more so. I see Jow more closely related to Neil, and I see Suko a little bit more closely related to um, Zaka. So in that case, like, do you go out here and get someone that kind of fills that Ethan Bryan role? Someone that can just carry the ball forward? Based on what we were talking about earlier, I I don't see how, you know, we can say that midfield doesn't need to be addressed in the offseason. Yeah. I mean, obviously it does. I I mean, like I was saying before, like we said at the start, like most of the issues with this team with the lack of creativity, the lack of goal scoring, the lack of assists comes from the midfield. And I just think, like, there's no connecting piece in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. if that that makes any sense. Like, and I mean, honestly, I have no problem. I would love to see Darren kind of chop and change the midfield a little bit. Like, sit Zaka for a game or two and see what Sarah, I mean, not Sarakowski, see what Suko can do. You know, see what the midfield of Neil, Jow, and Suko can do and see if that, Provides you a little bit more, you know. Yeah, I mean, why not at this point? Yeah, I mean, and, and see what you got from there. I mean, I, I think <laughs> you know, I think we're trying to find solutions and try to see like if you can plug this hole, can you fix that, and how does this relate to that? But even if this team manages to get into the playoffs, which I would be happy for it still doesn't take away from the issues that need to be addressed on field. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're being realistic right now. Yeah. They could run off like, you know, eight out of the last nine and find their way in, but I'll be happy to be wrong on that one too. If that happens. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've realized that we complain about certain things and then the opposite happens. And then it's like the team just shoots off and, It'd be great if that happens here, you know. So, yeah. Um, North Carolina coming up. Um, I believe they are still first in USL League One. I've, I'm not mistaken. I think they are a game or two. Yeah, I think they're two or so games away from clinching a playoff spot. I think. Uh, it seems a little too soon for that, but okay. I thought they were close, but. They seem to be, you know, they seem to be clearing that. Um, but do you think there's any way we could pull off an upset against North Carolina? We sure. always, you know, as fans, we want to have that possibility. But I mean, um, why not? When we played them down there, we were up two nothing, and you know, had a meltdown. Not terribly different than what just happened, you know, this yeah. weekend. Uh, you know, got a draw to them last time. You know, just on Wednesday. No reason to think that this team can't play with them. It's you know, they have they're you know, more consistent, you know, uh, and you know, maybe a little more lethal at times. But yeah, yeah that, that's the frustrating thing about this team is they can hang with most other teams, you know, for most of the game. Yeah. 
it's just I, I have a good feeling about this game, but like you said, like they just they got to be consistent. Like, but also like they can't fall into the trap of trying to speed this game up, and then North Carolina just come by and cuts us in the midfield. You know, like yeah. Well, what are some things you're looking if if Richmond is able to get a win in this game? What are some things? What are like two or three things you're looking for that has to happen in order for us to get away with that? Would it win? Uh, denying them quality you know, service into the box. That's where you know, both games, McLaughlin had a very similar header that he scored. Uh, mm-hmm. So on you know, Wednesday, I guess technically ended up being an own goal, but you know, goal came you know, from there. Like, they're good at picking that you know, kind of stuff out, and if we can find a way to slow that down or you know, make them find a, a different way into goal, go for it. Yeah. Um, I would say so for me is shutting down access to Rafa. Like <laughs> Rafa always seems to come and find us in some weird moments. It's almost like Marky Hernandez. I think those are the three things that kills us: Rafa, Marky, and Chattanooga at home. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think shutting down access to Rafa and securing the midfield, like. You can't allow North Carolina to chop us up in the midfield and just be hella direct with us. Like, you know, if it takes Zaka and Suko to sit in deep in front of the back four and kind of clean up mistakes and then getting the ball forward and going direct in, then do it. But I would love, 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 love to see the team be able to get three points and go on from there. Yeah. Yes. Grand Maker Run has got to start. Now, so let's go for it, and right. yeah, you know, and again, um, no matter how, no matter how rough it, you know, it's going at any given time, still better to be watching a game at City Stadium than to not be watching a game at City Stadium. Yeah, yeah, and this team has done a little bit better at City Stadium than they have um, on the road. Not in the heights it was last year, but we're still gonna sit there cheering on the boys, regardless of what everything happens. You know, just we got a nine-game season. See how many wins you can get from that and go from there. So, Matt, anything else from you, my man, before we wrap up? No. <laughs> Me either, man. Um, listeners, always, we just want to say thank you for taking the time out of your day for listening to our show because without you, we couldn't do this. And I know it's rough. I know it sucks. I know it's been 42 days since we had a happy pod, and it kind of seems like we're talking about the same things, but – just like y'all, we're trying to figure out the answers and the solutions to things that are going on on the field. So just want to say thank y'all for sticking with us. Um, happy pods and happy games are coming shortly and soon. And who knows? Maybe we'll end them off up on a three-game win streak. So with that being said, for Matt, Chenier, Kate, Gabe, and myself, we will holler at you guys next time. Be easy and be safe. <laughs>